Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Life Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, and I'm excited to share this episode with you. This is with a dear brother of mine. His name is Johan Erb, and Johan is a transformational coach. He's a mystic. He supports people in a variety of different ways. He's also the creator of the Pyramid Breath Method, which is a very unique multidisciplinary method to breath work, to nervous system regulation, to creating equanimity between the mind and the body, and allowing the spirit to come alive in the physical body when the body feels safe, it feels balanced, it feels secure, and it feels integrated. And that's a great way to describe a lot of what we talk about in this episode. Both me and Johan, we um, we actually connected a little under a year ago through my partner, Alora, who was working with both him and his wife, Rachel. And Rachel is also an amazing powerhouse of a transformational coach. And her episode that I did with her will be out in a couple episodes from now. So I'm excited to share that. But me and Johan connected a while back, and once we dropped in and connected, it was just instant synergy. We knew that we were like kindred brothers. We had so much to drop in around, and this podcast, I think it just, that shines through very well. We go into a lot of really, really um, important things for both men and for women, especially men and women that are on what I would call the sacred union, sacred relating path. There's a lot of great insights and nuggets of wisdom that we drop in around there. And especially for men in their own awakening process, as men discover what it really means to be an awakened, integrated, healthy human being, a healthy man who's integrated with both his feminine energy and his masculine energy, but is rooted at the core of his masculinity. Um, is but is also in touch with his emotions and his psychic capabilities and his feminine energy so he's balanced and equanimous, healthy, whole, and complete. All the things, right? So this is a great episode for both men and women to listen to and you'll gain so much out of it. Now before we go into the episode, for all the men listening, maybe for the women, if you have some men in your life that you feel this would be a great invitation for them, for all the men listening, I am leading a 12-week curated container specifically for men. It's a group experience and it's called the Spiritual Dojo for Awakened Masculinity. The Spiritual Dojo for Awakened Masculinity. This is a body of work that has been brewing in me for quite some time, almost the last couple of years, but especially the last six months, I've been really doing a lot of deep diving within myself as a man, but also within the entire field of men's work and putting together a really unique curriculum that I'm going to be guiding men through. And this starts on April 14th. It's a 12-week container, and it's only open to 22 select men. And everybody has to apply. It's a very brief application process, but you're basically going to go over the website, www.spiritualdojoformen.com. All the details are laid out there, 
And this is a very unique approach to awakened masculinity work, if you want to call it that. I'm going to call it that. I wouldn't call this like, quote unquote, men's work. I would call this sacred awakened masculinity work or sacred masculinity work, if you will. And it's a reflection of all the work that I've done within myself and the band of brothers that I surround myself with. And this is what I'm bringing to the forefront and integrating all the years of my personal development, holistic health and human optimization, trauma work, addiction work, nervous system regulation work in spiritual and metaphysical work. And I'm integrating it all together in a framework specifically for awakened men on the path of their own destiny, of their own healing, their own growth, their own evolution. Again, the website is www.spiritualdojoformen.com. This is a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual framework for masculine integration, masculine healing, masculine transformation. It's going to be an incredible experience. I hope you will consider being part of it. And then I also have four guest teachers that are going to be joining me to co-facilitate different segments of the program. And Johan Erb happens to be one of those facilitators. So if you listen to this episode and you really resonate with our conversation and you resonate with Johan, then you definitely will be interested in what this program has to offer you. So go to the website. It's in the show notes. Check it out. If you resonate with it, if you're interested, fill out the application form. You and I will hop on a brief connection call and we'll see if this is the perfect opportunity for you and vice versa. And without further ado, let's dive in with my brother, Johan Erb. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Life Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis. And today I'm joined by a dear brother of mine. His name's Johan Erb. And Johan is a transformational coach, a breathwork facilitator, an all-around top-shelf human being, and uh, really an evolutionary catalyst here on the planet doing incredible work as an individual, also with his partner, Rachel Pringle, which I'm excited to do a podcast with her very soon. I've been looking forward to that. And uh, me and Johan, I'm not going to give a whole backstory here, but we recently connected or, or close to a little, little shy of this time last year, seven months ago or so. And um, just ever since you and I really started connecting and dropping in, it was just like instant click in, instant ki kindred soul brothers. And Johan has really supported me going through a lot of my initiations this summer. I, I went through a deep, deep crucible of the spirit of the soul in relationship, uh, relationship with a prior partner, relationship with myself, relationship with my connection to God, um, just went through an absolute crucible. And Johan was one of the, the few people, especially men, that I enlisted into my, my field of support and just always there, always holding space, holding me in my highest and just being such an incredible support pillar. So I want to honor and acknowledge you for that and helping me help me make it through the, the, the needle of the storm. At least that's what it felt like. And, um, and yeah, man, I'm just really, really stoked to have you here. Thank you, Ronnie. I'm so happy to be here. 
And yes, my man, it's been so beautiful to connect and to to be here for each other and to support each other, grow and expand, even through the most difficult of contractions. And just remember that they're all here for us and they're all initiations and and to how to layer gratitude and, and how to layer awareness and breath and 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 into all of that so that that we can grow through it with um the most amount of grace and ease possible in those moments and uh thanks for for letting me in brother and it's been an honor and a joy to to witness you go through your initiations and the way you hold yourself i deeply honor that brother you've been showing up magnificently and it's just a joy to be here with you Mm, thank you thank you for that 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 i'm going to plant a seed on that theme not my story but the story I feel like so many of us, whether it's men or women, doesn't matter. We all have our own unique flavor on what we go through. I I know 2022 for me and so many people was, I I call it a crucible. Some other people call it them getting their, you know, what kicked repeatedly over and over. Um, I feel like it was, it was a deep humbling on all levels and what it feels like for me coming out of it or coming through it into this year is a preparation for true service, true leadership, to be ironed out and humbled and to see where the ego slips in or the, you know, um, you know, just all those pieces and parts of ourselves that maybe we repress, we oppress, suppress, whatever you want, we put to the side or we don't realize are still playing out self-sabotage patterns and they rear their ugly head in certain situations and they need to be ironed out. And so um, I'm going to plant a seed on that because I want to I want to dive into that concept with you or just, you know, wherever that conversation takes us. I think it'd be relevant for everyone listening. But with that said, I'd love to just get a quick introduction of you for my audience. You know, what what is what is your what is your background coming into the transformational world and then you're you're the you're the creator of the pyramid breath methodology we're obviously going to talk about that as well so if we could just give a little hero's origin story that'd be great uh beautiful brother yes so i was born in soviet union in 1977 and uh for those of you guys who are not old enough to know what that was it was similar if you imagine north korea today you know, not a lot of freedom, a very repressed culture, a lot of fear and, uh, you know, generational fear um, that was implanted. And, and I think I picked a lot of that up just epigenetically. And, uh, you know, that was my reality was like, you can't express yourself. You can't um, you can be sent away or your parents could be sent away, you know, to Siberia or to, in prison. And my dad actually spent many years in prison and mental asylums because he was uh, not pro KGB. And so uh, at the young age of 10, my mom and I left to Finland and got to experience, you know, freedom of the Western world for the first time, which was a big culture shock for me, culture shock for me. Um, and with that also was the factor of then to the Finns, you know, they lost a big portion of, of their land to the Russians uh, during the Second World War. They had a separate war with Russia, actually around that time and uh, it was called the winter war and um so to them i was the enemy right to them i was the 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 russian or the soviet uh even though the soviets had taken our land and our 
you know, uh, country over. And so, cause I'm an Estonian. And so it, it sort of really like further created this, this narrative in me for survival at the time, which was like, I got to protect myself. I got to separate myself. Uh, I can't trust anybody. Um, I got to shut myself down. I got to project an image of strength and invincibility, even though I felt completely unsupported and completely, um, afraid um and shut down at the time and so i by the time i was i was like 13 14 in my teens with all the hormones and you know all of that i felt really severely depressed and i was definitely had moments of considering suicide very seriously like had the knife out had the whole plan how to do it how to go about it uh and uh luckily i didn't follow through on that uh However, that got me into meditation at the age of 14. I, I started to just sit by myself at night in my room uh, and close my eyes and sort of go into my inner world. And, and it was really trippy and weird experience where I would just feel like I would just kind of dive into this inner world and become like smaller and smaller and smaller. Yet the space around me expanded and expanded and expanded. And even though it was scary, uh, it gave me relief. It gave me a, a way to experience something other than my outer reality which was was pretty rough at the time I was also running with a really rough crowd <laughs> um and so through that i began began to get more curious about my inner world and then i at 15 i had an out-of-body experience so my spirit left my body my awareness left my body like flew around mm. and got back into my body and totally unintentionally right it just happened which then I was like, whoa, like, what's that? You know, what what just happened? And because of that, I got, got into Eastern philosophy instead of reading um, Dr. Ching by Lao Tzu, which I remember reading that book and just laughing and crying at the same time because my soul, my spirit, like, recognized this truth, this this eternal truth um, of uh, of the spirit world. And then I read Bhagavad Gita, I read Dhammapada, and and I started just, you know, this is pre-internet, right? So this is all like library stuff and, and sort of finding my way through by myself mostly in this realm. However, over the years, as I then traveled to the States when I was 16 and had my first like real, real awakening uh, with plant medicine, I did mushrooms by myself on a mountaintop. Uh, double hero dose uh and you know fully you know those of you guys who have experienced that medicine especially in a, in a large quantity like that you you remember that you are spirit you know and there you remember you know so much more and, and for me it was a full-on alex great painting like the sky was full of eyes and i could see through my body i can see through the planet i could tap into the cosmic library and um my depressions went away like it disappeared for a while and then went back to finland and and kept praying and praying to to come back to the states because this was where i really felt that i had this um spiritual ground to to grow and i did when i was 17 ended up staying at the age of 20 and then 17 i did a peyote ceremony with the natives and the gila river reservation another big initiation for me into the depths of of this spirit world. And then when I was 20, I got initiated into Kriya Yoga, 
-hmm. when you know three levels deep as deep as you can go uh, in that lineage um and at the at one point had a actually five to six hour practice a day where i would do two hours of kriya yoga a day and three hours of shtanga today plus then some mantra work and with it within it all i was still because of my prior conditioning epigenetically as well as as a you know as a teen in finland of shutting myself down it, it existed a lot in my head mm -hmm. and so my journey has really been how to get from the head to the heart how to get into my feelings right how to not utilize this philosophy that i learned to sort of bypass my feelings mm -hmm. and bypass the the body which i for a long time was really doing my best to do because i was i was like wow this thing this life feels almost like i'm not supposed to be here like it's, it's an accident it's a mistake you know humanity like we're such a mess like what am i doing here you know as a spirit like why did i choose this place like maybe it's supposed to be born somewhere else and then the journey really that has gotten me to where i am today has been a journey of of embodiment right how to embody those beliefs and narratives and and energies and how to open myself up so that i can live from my heart Mm -hmm. And and as we know scientifically, also know the heart responds and reacts first to everything before the brain, and uh, and so mm -hmm. the pyramid breath method, which is the practice that I now you know practice every day, and that was a direct download from what I call GGD God Goddess Divine, <laughs> uh, renamed God because God just sounds like a dude, you know, and and this way it's like really the the aspect of of the mother and the father and and just the spirit all of it together and so mm -hmm. the the journey has been of, of going from being really shut down really closed up to embodying love connection safety playfulness aliveness and uh the pyramid breath method is is a big part of that so that's sort of the the overview of of my journey and how i got to where i am today and how I'm able to be in service to my fellow brothers and sisters in the world because of the experiences that I've had of being really shut down, really shaming, blaming myself, really afraid of my feelings, to now being like, guys, it's so much better when we're embodied and feeling all the feelings and really understanding that you cannot have expansion without contraction and, and inviting all of the aliveness into the space as an expansion point. There's so many things that you touched on that I, I resonate and relate to, and they could they could easily be their own conversation entry points. Um, I, I love the the reframing of the Holy Trinity, right? And 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 really the more appropriate side of the masculine, the feminine, the mother, the father, and the child, or the Holy Spirit. However you want to contextualize that, that that's a whole deep dive in of itself. I've I've gone deep into that. And I, I really think that's appropriate because we're we're in a time and an age where as human beings, we are being called, invited, and asked of, and even forced into the integration between our masculine, our feminine, our complementary, opposite counterparts. There's a lot of talk about, you know, attracting your counterpart, right? And we go through the cycles of relating and the mirroring until we actually realize that all of that's fully inside of us because it's an inside out job. Right. And so I really, and maybe we can even touch on that because you're in, you, you have a particular relational alchemy template as well. You and your partner, Rachel, um, 
you know, you do incredible work together and I've seen you two together and it's, it's quite a beautiful thing to witness. And so maybe we could just touch on that from my own, my own interest and anyone listening, this thing around relational alchemy and the, the process of, of becoming your own counterpart. And, and I'm, 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 I'm speaking slowly only because I know there's a part of me that is a little skeptical of a lot of the new age-ish language around counterparts and, and attracting your soulmates and whatever all that is. I'm speaking to, I'm speaking to the actual inner alchemy process that one goes through within themselves to find union within. So, yeah. yeah. Beautiful, brother. Yes, that, that's been one of the biggest initiations for me, for sure. Because for so many years, and especially with this Eastern European mentality of masculinity, what is it? What What is masculinity, right? And I, I would say that for a lot of us, it's been like, you're tough, you don't cry, you know, man up, like, you know, you're a lone wolf, like you got to fight for yourself. And like, you're, you're in this alone, sort of a rigid um, expression. And, and for me, one of the biggest awakenings has been when I realized, oh, wow, there's an aspect of the divine that is feminine. Mm. And, and when I began to relate to the divine as, as feminine, she, um, the aspect of the divine that is feminine began to talk to me, to speak to me and to express through me. And I want to just say to the, you know, the brothers out there, especially who are listening, it's made me more of a masculine man than I ever was mm. before I incorporated my own inner feminine part of me. It's made me more trustable. It's made me more grounded. It's made me more loving. It's made me more aware, um, more successful, mm. uh, more radiant, more present. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Like the, it, It's the opposite of what we think when we go, oh, this guy has like feminine energy. No, it's been like freedom and expansion versus rigidity um, of the mind and the body. And, you know, sometimes it, when, especially when you hug a guy or shake hands with a guy who's like very rigid, like they feel like a brick wall, you know, or like you're, you're hugging a concrete block and you're just like, Oh brother, you got a lot of work to do, you know, versus when another man can really like melt into you and you feel their heart, you feel their body, their presence and it's just like it penetrates you. They penetrate you with their presence and love because it's available and they're not afraid right. of it. And so one of the exercises that I invite people to do right away if they're not already doing this is begin to speak to the divine, however you relate to the divine as the divine mother, divine lover, divine sister, yeah. uh, however, you know, you want to. Uh, relate to the divine in that way and how powerful that is when we open that part of ourselves up and allow her wisdom the divine mother the, the creatrix that all of the flowers the trees the plants the animals the beings around us that are an expression of her money and wealth is an expression of her to me and so again it becomes divine Right. So the way that we relate to the, the outer and the inner world then becomes this divine relationship of playfulness and color and aliveness that is so inviting and so not boring, so not rigid. Uh-huh. And, and so for me, and that uh, the initiation that I got and re- that really initiated me into this version of myself was when my wife, my partner, one of my greatest teachers, Rachel, 
just relentlessly loved me open as a divine feminine. Just relentlessly would not take my rigid bullshit. Like was like, uh-uh, unacceptable. And just kept loving me, kept loving me through all my stuff, right? And then when the ice began to, to melt and I began to relate to the divine as the feminine, she literally just started downloading stuff into me and made my body, like in my daily practice, which I've had since the age of 14, which used to be very rigid, all of a sudden I began to move and sound. And, you know, those of you guys that have experienced the primitive breath method, it's, it's very wild and alive and, and crazy sounding. Look at the sound releases and shaking and laughing and crying and orgasmic energies. And like, we're available to all of it to flow through us. And then how do we alchemize it all? Um, and, and so my life has become so much brighter and more interesting and expansive and, and joyful and pleasurable when I marry the two that Shiva, the Shakti, the yin, the yang, the alpha, the omega within myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm just so profoundly grateful for for that initiate the continued initiation in that. One of the things that I thought would be interesting, at least just to mention, I, I know it's true from my own experience as being a man who's gone through this. What you explained of that that soft but solidarity of a man that can embrace. That's usually an indication that that man has broken down some things. That man has broken yeah. down some walls, some hard, hard armor. I know that about me. And I don't know that I was ever like a brick wall or anything. I don't have enough feedback <laughs> from many years before. I know how I am now. And I know how people respond to me now. I know how women respond to me now. I know how men respond to me now and vice versa. And I know what I've been through. Yeah. So and and so I I I I say that too as like an acknowledgement of the process that it takes, especially for the men that are masculine in nature, the deconstructive process that that requires to go through to come into softness, not to be flimsy or whimsical or wishy-washy, because that's not what what Johan or I are talking about, like absolutely solid and convicted and strong and, and unwavering yet are are you know are are fluid and bendable or, or adaptable like bamboo exactly so well put brother and you know i felt that going back to our origin story it's like from the moment that you and i connected i could feel your heart mm. right and the way that you expressed i've always felt your heart and your consciousness like your awareness your you know, you're such a warrior, martial artist, and you could have easily just, you know, been just that guy. But you've layered in and, and we've layered in the the awareness, the softness, the kindness, the healer, right, to your ability to to do damage or to protect or to, to kill. Right. And and when you just live from that place, like it's so black and white and it's so rigid. And when you layer in those other parts of yourself. Yeah, you can protect and you can you can do damage and you can also heal. You can invite the opening without the need and use of force, but rather invite the opening by your presence and how safe and trustable you feel. Mm-hmm. And and I would say that we so deeply need more men like that in the world because the world is 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 wild right now and there's so much aggression and there's especially I would say in the young men, you know, the men that are 
are broke, that are, are, are you know, don't have the things that women really want and how we can uh, or, or you know, if you're gay, your partner wants or whatever else. It's, it's like there's so much um, there's so much of sort of that rigid, um, alone, angry, masculine going on right now that's unsupported. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's breed, breeding so much hatred and so much conflict, and so it's so necessary and needed to get this medicine out to the world and show the the especially the young men. Obviously, goes all the way up to all ages, but this is not the the most ideal way to be in this world, yeah. and and how valuable it is when you as a man can show up for yourself and for a partner mm-hmm. as a loving presence mm-hmm. that is who is open and vulnerable and available and authentic and strong and powerful and embodied at the same time. Beautifully said. I, I want to talk to you about embodiment processes, practices, because that's, that's one of the main things that you alluded to in the beginning of this is your journey is about embodying the lessons, the, the, the frequencies, the vibrations, the practices and processes that you've inducted yourself into. And I think in the world of personal development and transformational artistry and new age, this and that, and all the different things. And, and the way that dopamine is so highly triggered and stimulated based on YouTube videos and social media it's almost like the big challenge that I see, and I'm I'm getting ready to release a book on dopamine. So like I'm I'm obsessed about this. I see everything through the lens of dopamine. It's it's trippy. It's really wild to actually to see what's going on in in the world um, from that perspective. But one of the things I've noticed is that we can be watching a video that's very inspiring and, and really resonates deeply and, 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 and motivates us to transform our life. But because of the digital interface and the separation between the screen and the our actual physical being and the gap between the two, there's something that's lost and the dopamine system can actually interpret the inspiration or the message and simulate the experience as if we're the one doing it without doing it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's not actually embodied. It's somewhere stuck in the psychic sphere. And so I I, I say that because that's something we all should be aware of when we're watching podcasts. Like your people, if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to this podcast and I'm glad that you're getting inspired, but I want you to do something with it. Uh, So that's what I want to, I want to, I want to talk to you about embodiment. What, what is embodiment and, and how do you support people in that? Oh, such a great question. And, and I love that you just took us there or here rather. It's, it's, it's so real and it's so true. And, and, you know, we, we, we relate to, and what you just alluded to is, is we're looking at the outer world, right? We're looking at, the TV, we're looking at the phone and we're looking at all of these, these sort of, uh, uh, you know, screens and things that are just fighting for our attention. Right. And, and it, it's programming it's like, again, cause it's so interesting and a VR and all of that as well. It's like, it's so interesting and you want to go into it and you could endlessly be there. Cause it's likely better than your reality, right. What you created in your life. <laughs> and so, so you're living this, this outer expression of it and it's not embodied. It's not in your body. And so I would invite our audience uh, to to find a practice 
that where it becomes a visceral experience. And again, you know, for me and the practice that I do every single day and a lot of you know, my clients do and friends do, and now we have a teacher training, we're teaching other folks how to do this as well as how to have that visceral experience because the mind is 5%, right? The body is 95%. So if a 5% of you is experiencing something and the 95 is not, then what's the 95 doing? And and it, whether you're, it's it's slowly kind of like separating the two, or it's dying off, or it's but it's not having that visceral experience of of fulfillment and joy and love and connection that we are all built for and designed for. Mm. And so it's really really important. And this is like where breath work, or like I like to call it breath play, becomes so powerful of a tool for us to get into our body. Right, we're we're taking awareness down from the critical mind into the unconscious subconscious that holds a lot of the traumas and the patternings um, that are, are, most of us are just not aware of it. So how can we marry our psychology and physiology, our brain and our body, and so that we can every day remember who we are and what's important. And so when we get to remember daily that we are the divine spark, that we are God, goddess, divine, GGD, that we are the creators of our experience, that we interpret everything. We create the narrative about everything viscerally. When we remember that viscerally in our body, then life opens up in a completely new way because you get to know yourself and you get to experience yourself as the divine. And when we remember that, not just in a, you know, again, in, in a sort of, analytical uh you know intellectual way but rather viscerally embodied you become that emanation of the divine and with your actions with your words with your creations that's the place that you create from so god goddess divine is no longer outside of you somewhere else like sitting on a cloud or just out in nature or in trees or whatever however you in the quantum summer but you remember that you are it we are it all of us are that emanation of the divine and when more and more of us remember and help each other remember that that's when we get to live in paradise that's when we get to make heaven on earth and and it, it's through us it's not an outside in experience it's an inside out experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what what do you do when you slip out of that awareness out of that psychosomatic state of being that you beautifully described and I, I know I know what that feels like and I also know what it feels like to toggle between heaven and hell within my own within my own self and so I'm curious like what what are your go-to's what what do you utilize to support yourself when you slip in and out of that yeah so I have a set of of, of daily practices that I do pyramid breath is is the biggest one that is the anchor is a reminder every single day and we're really fortunate because we also have people come over and practice with us every day we're like a householder yogi house you know ashram temple-ish place in a way where every morning we usually have at least two or three people that come and sit with us and so we get this shared experience of remembering yeah. and it's so much more powerful together i also have a, a an online channel that the people um can participate in and so wherever you're in the world you can join in and feel the power of when we practice together so that's number one number two is is daily gratitude 
I literally, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, before I open my eyes, before I touch my phone, which I won't turn on at least for an hour after I, I by the way, am awake and I'm doing things, uh, which is a big one for a lot of, you know, folks out there, because that's such a go-to for us. And it activates the five to one negativity bias because you're looking for danger. You're looking for what's wrong in the world, what I need to fix right now, like what's coming at me. Right. And so instead of flipping that five to one negativity bias to a five to one positivity bias, which I do gratitude in my body first thing in the morning, I'm like, oh, heart, I love you. Thank you so much for always working and beating. Thank you, belly, for digesting. Thank you, brain, for doing all that hard work of thinking. Thank you, arms. And I go through my body and I literally just give gratitude to myself first, to my body. So again, what I'm doing right away, first thing in the morning, is I'm cre creating a brain-body connection. So they're not separate, right? All right away, they're like, oh, we're this one being and we're interacting. And the other thing that I love to do every day is, is speak my gratitude out loud in a couple of different ways. One is called priming the day. Tony Robbins is really big on this. That's where I learned this, where I literally speak into existence the things that I'm grateful for now, mm -hmm. as well as in the future. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's such a powerful embodied practice because I'm not just using my words my whole body is involved like I put music on and I'm you know and I'm doing like a little like almost like a rap dance when I'm like <laughs> saying out loud, like today is the best day and I'm so grateful for today and the, you know all the abundance and the connections that are happening and oh I'm just so excited for you know as we're saying these words as then we feel the feelings and again it's an embodied experience a visceral experience Whatever the brain tells the body, the body experiences. Like there's this test, like you close your eyes and you imagine that you're eating lemon, right? Or lime, like you start salivating okay. because you're telling your body that you bit into a lemon. So your body believes it. And similarly, if you're telling your body that everything is amazing, everything is going our way, the world is happening for us, not to us. And today is the most magical day. The body gets so excited to to experience that and then in the quantum you know sort of realm we're what we're doing is we're magnetizing ourselves and we're programming ourselves to then create this and draw to us those experiences and i i journaling is also a big thing if you a lot of folks that live in their head you know and have a lot of thoughts in the mind that doesn't stop you got to put it down on paper got to yeah. write all that stuff down get it out of your head through your hand again you're using your body don't type it in your phone. Use your body with your hand. Write it on paper. And it's literally like you're you're putting it away and then it's in front of you. And then with that, you can also create a plan. So you have a vision. You know where you're going, what needs to be done. You have a list. And then you can take action. Yeah. Right. So I would say those are the main modalities that I use every single day to, um, to create. And the, one big part of the Pyramid Breath Method also is going into the parts of ourselves that we're most afraid of. Um, maybe our traumas, our, our narrative, I'm not good enough, right? The narrative that I'm somehow not, I haven't achieved enough or I'm not doing enough or I'm not lovable enough or somebody once told you that you're not this enough or that enough. Going in there, inviting that part of you to open then offering it to the, the, the fire of transformation that is a part of this, this ritual and practice that we teach. And then, alchemizing that energy in a new way so that you can actually envision your life and envision your future and then step into that mm -hmm. so again it's a visceral experience of 
I am now living from that place. And even though in the outside world, this may not yet ha have happened, I am moving towards it powerfully with my whole being. And because we've reprogrammed the unconscious and the body, uh, it, we are radiating and vibrating as that energy. And so the law of, 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 of attraction, you know, that's one of the ways to talk about it is we're literally drawn to it. So you will begin to experience these magical, incredible connections and quote unquote, like random experiences that are the portals and the gateways that you then get to say yes to. And just know that you created this portal, you created this person, this this dynamic, this opportunity, and then you got to also say yes to it and go towards it. Because again, a part of you might be really afraid of this expansion point, and just dive right into it using breath and awareness. Learn how to regulate your nervous system and say yes and move towards it, and the, your life will just open up in a way that is beyond your wildest beliefs. Incredible. There's a couple of things that came up in what you just shared. One of them is that we need to override our negativity bias because with everything that's being said, there's old neuro networks that are rooted in what we would call negativity. Let's just call it old stories, beliefs, self-sabotage tendencies, whatever. And these things are going to come up, right? We're not going to feel magical and majestic and like heavens on earth out the gate. In fact, we're probably going to feel some of the stories come up. We're going to feel a little ridiculous. We're going to feel embarrassed. We're going to feel silly. We're going to feel whatever we're going to feel. So what, what, so one of the things I wanted to wanted to mention with that is like, this requires consistency to, to de-circuit the old neuronal circuits, the old networks that are primed into an old identity and there's an in-between space, right? And that's the, the stimulus response. So you need a new stimulus, which is the, the patterns that you're explaining. And they have to be done consistently enough for you to, to rewire those circuits, right? thousand percent, brother. You, so you, well you, said. Can't do it, you can't do it one week and then expect something to change. No. And I think a lot of folks run into that resistance and, and that resistance you know that and that's why I, again i find breath work being is so powerful because we learn how to quiet the critic we learn how to get out of the the you know the guy who's always like what are you doing this is so stupid like look at you right now you're sounding where you're looking weird everyone's probably thinking you're just being like a total weirdo right what are you doing right now like you know like stop like ugh i'm disgusted by you all those stories like you said you know i don't really experience that myself almost ever anymore uh even though like you said it's 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 because i'm so consistent but you did but you did but you oh did. my gosh yes and yeah. when i work with with you know clients when we do workshops and retreats it comes up every time and people when they share they go like you know a, a part of the portion of the practice i'm literally like watching myself even though everyone has their eyes closed and you know you're still your awareness is like going like everyone's looking at me right now i'm being really ridiculous people are going to judge me as weird and you know this goes back to our like tribal mentality like fit in you're going to get you know thrown out of the tribe you're the weird one and so there's so much like safety and stuff built in when, until you realize that oh my gosh like i'm the one that's holding me back 
from my freedom. And because I don't trust myself to be free, hashtag weird, you know, it's like I'm actually blocking the connection and the aliveness that's always here and available. And it is full on practice. It's full on commitment to being able to, you know, give yourself the freedom and the permission to be completely ridiculous, to mess up, to fuck up, to to make mistakes, to to you know go towards the the uncomfortable and the unknown because that's where the magic lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's there's so many. Like my my neuroscience brain was wanting to kick on because I'm so deep in the book. It's like all so fresh. Essentially, what you're talking about is neuroplasticity. Yeah. By doing new things, novel and new things that also confront these like junior high bully embedded adopted program. That's what came up for me when you enacted, you animated that voice. I was like, oh, that was the junior high bully. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Thousand percent, brother. It's 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 so wild how how deep those programs are and how it's you know how much we have dimmed our light or our uniqueness at some point because you know and it starts like early, it's even in kindergarten. Like kids are so mean, you know. Again, like our brains aren't developed, and it's so it's we can't blame or shame anybody for even being a bully because they were just doing the best they could to survive at that time and just going back in time and being able to forgive those folks that have hurt you, damaged you, you know, whether it's your parent or a teacher or, or, you know, a peer or even somebody younger than you or whatever that got under your skin and made you shut down and feel shame in some way. It's so, um, it's so common and we all do it. and, And that's part of our initiation. And when we can look at it in that way and know that it happened for us, right? Because without resistance, there is no growth. We wouldn't do anything. And so it's necessary. And it was those folks that have had it like really easy, they actually will somehow create it. You know, whether they become drug addicts or whether they get into trouble in some other way, they start stealing or scamming or, you know, at some point in your life, you will in a part of your soul and spirit will create that resistance so you can grow and now when we we change the narrative about it like you just said and we we make it the story to be like oh it's all here for me thank you bully thank you teacher you know thank you this person that hurt me or broke my heart because a lot this allows me to become more compassionate more loving more open Unless, of course, you choose the other path, which is I am the victim, you know, poor me, or I'm going to now hate on everybody because I'm so scared to love and open. Right. And and then, you know, that could also be part of your journey in this lifetime that you have chosen to just have that. And hopefully, I pray, there comes a moment when you decide to go towards the love and the expansion and the opening. Because it's when we forget that we are God, that we are <laughs> divine. Uh-huh. And then we remember it's literally the best feeling in the world. And again, like you alluded to, it's very easy to forget, right? It's easy to get enlightened or have a moment of enlightenment. And then you walk outside your door and a car almost hits you or a person flips you off or whatever else. 
you forget immediately. So how do you remember over and over and over and over again? And that's why it's called a spiritual practice, right? right? Instead of just a spiritual sort of peak life experience that that was it. And now I'm good. Like it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. And we need to be mindful about getting addicted to peak state experiences, whether that's in psychedelic sp spaces, plant medicine spaces, that it is in substances, stimulants, people, places, yeah. things. That this is why my work around addiction is like, this is the kind of the theme is like, we need to be mindful of getting addicted to peak state experiences, otherwise known as outcomes, and get more mm -hmm. connected to the process. Mm -hmm. that, and get detached from outcomes. Like if I have a peak state experience, great, amazing, that's wonderful. It's temporary, just like everything else. But the process is constant. I stay in the process and the practice, and that's who I am. And then what comes yeah. is, you know, whatever it is, higher, low, great, doesn't matter. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay in that constant kind of Goldilocks space. Yeah, you're, you're so yeah. right about that. But that's like, for me, when I realized that the, the, there is no de destination other than the journey, but right? the journey is the destination. There isn't a place where you arrive at oh, I'm now here, like I, I plateau. That's not what you desire. That's not what you want. And I think a lot of folks, and especially, you know, probably our clients who are very successful men, especially, who work their whole lives, to, yeah. you know, to have a lot of money and several cars and, you know, have all this like outward success, but then there's no fulfillment, right? So you're like, you have all, all this wealth, but you're spiritually completely broke. And, and it's, so it's like, that's not the ideal because it's not going to give you the feeling that you desire when you realize that the journey is the destination and you create your journey all day long. And when you we layer in breath and awareness, which really means that you layer in ritual, your life becomes a ritual. And this is where, again, these practices are so important because we learn how to change our state. And something you, you know, alluded to is like, it's really about cognitive flexibility, right? So it's understanding that our brains rewire our brains the experiences wire our brains and and we can let it be an outside in process and then you are constantly at the mercy of sort of the outside world or it gets to be an inside out process where you choose to wire your brain every day and your other you know uh, parts of your body that are all connected in such a way that you live from this ecstatic joyful experience of alignment of liveness and life that you are the creator of. So you truly free yourself from the outcome because you are the outcome all the time. Right. Beautifully said. So well put. Like you are, you are the masterpiece. It's not a business or a relationship or whatever the externalized goal is. Those are side effects. Those are byproducts. Those are nice things that come along our way, but what the hell am I doing here? Oh, wait, that's right. It's me. I'm me. This is me. I'm the masterpiece of my own life. But we we get yes. but we've been we've been hoodwinked and and programmed and and, and persuaded away from that. To, we've been talked out of the most obvious thing, which is what looks at you in the mirror every single morning. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite parts of the pyramid breath practice is this part where we imagine there is this cosmic mirror in front of us which does not lie it only shows truth and when we are deep into the practice we eye gaze with ourselves in this mirror and then we 
see the divine looking back through our own eyes. So you literally experience yourself as a divine, looking yourself in the mirror. And, you know, for so many folks, they always say like that moment is so powerful because you remember that there is no separation, that mm -hmm. you are, you have chosen this body, this lifetime, this experience, there's no mistakes. Yeah. To, and to have this awakening and then when you have that awakening and you remember you get to live as that and from that place and whenever you forget you again get to do the practice look in the mirror and remember like oh that's right i'm already here there's nowhere else to be this is it right because life is short and you know we're old enough now to know that it's not an outside experience that's going to give you that feeling of fulfillment and joy and success. It truly is an inside out job. And we've been looking so hard for it outside. And like you said, the outside world really has kind of programmed us because so much money is being made where when our attention is, you know, on the Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or whatever else. Um, that is, you know, constantly like inviting you to do more and more and more of that. And that's not to, by the way, take away from the value of, of the internet and value of Instagram, value of YouTube and TikTok. There's a lot of value in there. But if it's unbalanced, if it's unchecked, then we're addicted to it. You're addicted to the outside world giving you that dopamine hit instead of you being the dopamine hit right. and then enjoying right. a little bit of that outside world. As well, I mean, like, I'll incorporate that. That's amazing. Inspiration, wonderful. Let me take interaction now towards what I desire to create. But I'm not, that's not the only place I'm getting it from. Beautifully said. What what just came up for me as you said that was, was kind of like what we started the conversation out with, this like counterpart integration. And that's what just kind mm -hmm. of came up for me. Um, because we're not going to find, we're not going to find it in another, although we will find it through another so that's it so you know there there is that dynamic as well the relationship alchemy but like what i just what you just explained was another was another set of pieces to this whole self-integration wholeness process and i think this would be like the last kind of like the last place to to explore and integrate in this conversation which is it, it comes down to wholeness, right? And what 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 is wholeness? What is what is being a whole, healed, and complete even look like? What what is that? You know, my wife says this often. She says um, it can be whole and healing at the same time. They're not separate from each other, right? So, to me, what it means is that we constantly expand. And again, you cannot have expansion without contraction. So, you know, there's this, this I, I think a lot of folks when they idealize and again, it's from the head, spirituality or connection is like, oh, it's just you're always expanding and you're in this beautiful state of bliss and nothing ever bothers you. And it's so boring, right? And it's so, so not true. I know it's like so not true. When we can embrace the contraction, when we can embrace the parts of ourselves that constantly get revealed as we're peeling the onion and we're getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And when the deeper you go, and you and I have touched on this as well, it's like you start to layer in like past life experiences, like other sort of multidimensional experiences. And you just start to layer like, oh my gosh, like I'm not just me, I'm also all the other beings. And it goes, and it goes so deep that literally it's like a bottomless well like every time i even though i do the same practice every single day it's never the same 
because the in in the infinity of the expression of the divine like you get to experience yourself in 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 so many myriad of ways and remember yourself as as you know similarly in, like you do in medicine space you know those of us that have explored those spaces yeah. that it doesn't run out and and thank god it doesn't run out because again like that's not you would be like oh gosh like where do i expand from here but luckily it never stops and so again the the journey is the destination the destination is is the goal the what am i saying that, yeah journey is the destination and, and it's forever expanding and tracking but it doesn't mean that you contract back to the place where you started but rather like you expand and you get to like live in this expansive state and you get used to it you get comfortable here you maybe feel like a smaller contraction but then you expand more and more and more right. and you get to live in this expanded state and you're like oh this is really good and this is where the mantra comes of a better and better forever and ever right so you can really begin to embody that yeah. and as you expand you're also often given even bigger challenges to yes. overcome because your capacity has grown and again we then get to embrace it, not from a place of, I don't know what to do with it, but rather like, thank you so much, Divine, for giving me this opportunity. I'm so excited to figure this puzzle out or find the pieces that are necessary that I haven't yet touched so that I can, can continually continue to expand. The two things that come up for me listening to you is in that continued expansion, there's a there's a increase in in capacity, but increase in responsibility to maintain the embodiment, right? Because I found in my experience, the higher I go and the the more I develop and grow as a human being, if I backslide, man, it, it's way more painful than it used to be. It's like I fall all the way down and hit the ground now i have the ability to bounce back but it is but it's felt the impact is felt deeper mm. so it, it's let me yeah. know that like there is a there is an implicit responsibility with spiritual growth with wisdom that's why they say unearned wisdom is a is a dangerous thing <clears throat> and and to embody that to, so maintaining the practice maintaining mm. the constancy so that i can actually meet the challenges of life i can meet the opportunities of life and then the other thing that came up for me was this is probably why spiritual relationships can be so challenging because you're adding in multiple dimensions you have one person that's growing and evolving but now you have another person that's growing and evolving so change really is the only thing that can be constant whereas old, you know i would say old relationships but different models of relationships that we might call 3d or just a little more uh, a little more constant a little more predictable now you put two spiritually evolving people together we got a whole different dynamic here mm -hmm. i i you know my wife and i it's been so important for us and we've done this since the day that we met it because we met at a meditation retreat we have always shared a practice every day and it's so important to again to share a practice this is in my experience and from my perspective but to have a practice where all of you gets expressed because like you said it's like you start growing and if you if you're not 
if your bodies aren't sharing information, if you're energetically and not sharing that information, it's so difficult to explain. You know, if one of you just has a practice of, you know, breath work and meditation and the other doesn't, like you're likely going to break up or be in a very disconnected relationship. Or if your practices is, are very different, one is rigid, one is not, it's going to create so much friction. And then it's like, who's right and who's wrong? Who's, whose practice is more right than the other, right? And, and, and these lineages, and especially lineages where, and I hear this with our coaching clients and so that these narratives, whether it's from a, a psychiatrist or it's from, you know, a guru or a teacher, that they say that our way is the right way, right? And everybody else is kind of, eh. that's a lot of like religion too. Like, you know, you only get to heaven if you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Jew or a Buddhist or whatever. Right. And and you're separating yourself versus including your your everybody. And, and, and really understanding, I think the baseline is when you truly understand and experience that we're all God we're all emanations of the divine and how can we continually grow and give each other permission to grow together and not put anybody in a pedestal not ask to be put on a pedestal but rather stay in the eye to eye you know heart to heart space where we are in it together like we are the second coming is what i believe it's we it's not a single person it's not like you know, JC is going to come back or somebody else is going to come back and we have this fearless leader who's going to free us all. And no, right. man, right. the narrative is like, we are the ones that we have been waiting for. This is the time that we have been waiting for. This is the time we've chosen incarnate when the whole world can be connected. We have internet now. We can see each other literally across the planet. Like it's incredible. And we get to constantly remind each other and hold each other accountable and become more and more trustable in our expression of the divine and because another thing is like when you learn these which is such a trap with the spiritual ego is like oh i i now know more or i am now more important because i know this stuff you know and, and especially in the beginning when people get on a path uh -huh. of self-discovery that's you know your spiritual ego is so sneaky and you you all of a sudden think that you're right and everybody else doesn't get it <laughs> such a trap such a trap. <laughs> yeah such a trap so it's so important to have sangha, have community that really is is willing to receive you and see you and hold you um, and, and to create it. Like if you are in a place where you feel very alone, because a lot of folks are, you know, if in the middle of nowhere and everybody's just like, you know, watching sports and drinking beers and that's all they're doing. Make sure that you find folks out there in the world through the Internet at first that are in alignment, that see you, that receive you and celebrate you and invite you to stay on this path of opening. And then all of a sudden, magically, you will start meeting those people around you because you're magnetized to each other. And right. it's just, again, one of the most beautiful expressions and experiences in life. Fully agreed. Fully agreed. And beautiful way to weave those, those things together. <sighs> yeah, th this was, this was phenomenal. This was absolutely fantastic, perfect timing. Where where can everybody find you? I know that you have the breathwork, um, the breath, the pyramid breathwork um institute teacher training, and you actually guide other people in becoming teachers or or people that are facilitators and adding this rep into their repertoire. So where can people find more about that? Where can people connect to you? Yeah, so uh, my website is called pyramidbreath.com. 
And uh, we are launching uh, the teacher training begins February 18th. You know, if you're coming in a little bit late, we were recording everything. So if even if you come in a week later, uh, we're still going to let people in. This is, you know, I feel like one of the main reasons why I was put on this planet and and seeing, you know, we've taught all over the world now, you know, thousands and thousands of people and and seeing the impacts that this practice, this this method has on people is so profound and so beautiful. And, and, and we're so excited to train uh, our first cohort of teachers so that this medicine can continue to spread. And, uh, you know, we also have a, an amazing course for those of you guys that are really interested in, in learning conscious and co-devotional communication and changing those uh, patterns and behaviors that, you know, you think are you, but really you're just programmed into yourself um, it's called Tantra of Life, also uh, on my website, as well as my wife's website, which is IamRachelPringle.com. And then you guys can find us on Instagram at Herb Johan and at Positive Pringle. And we're just so grateful and excited to, to continue to do this, this work and to be the change that we have been waiting for in the world and invite more and more folks to join the party because, my friends, it is better together. Absolutely. Beautiful. We'll have all those links in the show notes. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you so much for your friendship, your brotherhood, and being a, a colleague of yours in this this transformational space. And um, look forward to connecting again soon. Thank you. Thank you, brother. So much love. Thanks for having me. Have an amazing day.